Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. Laughing Without Liquor, the content presented on the Laughing Without Liquor website and podcast is for informational purpose only and not intended to diagnose or treat disease. Before making any changes to your nutrition or supplementation, please make sure to check with your physician or healthcare provider. Laughing Without Liquor podcast is for general information purpose only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including or giving medical advice, and no doctor patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition that they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare profession. So we're just letting you know that we're here sharing our experience, and we want you to take your health serious. So that's our disclaimer. Enjoy the show. And I'm shaking it up. Do you think they should spray? Yeah, why not? Feels good. It does feel good. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. And you get to hang out with us. Thanks for choosing this podcast. Yay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a big topic today. Yeah, we do. It's a little daunting. <laughs> it is, and it's something that used to terrify me. Yeah, I know. It's pretty epic. Uh, if you have not joined Self-Preservation Life Jacket, that's our newsletter. I want to encourage you to do that. You can head on over to the website, laughingwithoutliquor.com, and there's the little newsletter uh, you're going to want to get on that list. And I know you're busy right now. I know you're probably walking the dog or in the car or escaping your family or chopping vegetables. But I promise you, if you get on our email list, the newsletter, you're going to love it. And mm -hmm. that will mean that you will stay connected to us in the future. It's a life jacket. I mean, if you feel like yeah. you're drowning, it's a yeah. life jacket. It's a life jacket. Yeah. It's, it's made for you. Uh, and P.S. In the life jacket, we're going to go deeper into this specific topic tomorrow. Again, a heavy topic, but I think yeah. one that we don't talk enough about. No, not at all. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about finances. I know. I think money is hard. Money, money is hard. And I think those of us living a sober lifestyle can probably relate to having some financial troubles because I mean, yeah. booze is expensive. It's super expensive and everything changes <laughs> when we find recovery and our money story changes. The one thing oh, I know does. about people in recovery is that typically we're super ambitious and mm -hmm. we can earn, we're great earners, but then we don't know how to manage it oftentimes. So 
how was your, what's, let's get into your little money story a little bit. I think we should both share our money stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I was just thinking, you know, I was that kind of person that I might've had say a thousand dollars left on my credit card, nothing left from my paycheck. And yet I had friends over for some drinks and we all thought it was a great idea to book a trip to Vegas. Mm. Um, you know, so there goes that extra money. And I, I feel like because I grew up in a very, we were, we kept things pretty tight. You know, my parents, mm. when we, we went somewhere to like a festivity or a fair, we weren't the kind of kids that got the hot dogs. We were the ones where my mom brought PB and J sandwiches and cheese mm. sandwiches. And so I feel like that kind of got that scarcity, that mm-hmm. financial, you know, uh, scarcity mindset. And mm-hmm. so, of course, when I started making my own money and I was introduced to credit cards, I was like hot diggity. Mm-hmm. You know, I can now I can do what I want. I can give myself what my parents never gave to me. And they gave me a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I needed to learn. And I guess I have learned that you know, you have to put some money away. And, you know, when I got sober, I I had actually claimed bankruptcy right after I got sober because I was about $75,000 in debt. I lived way beyond my means. Mm. And so I really had to take a look at that and go, okay, what am I doing so wrong? And I think that first step for me to start to change was to ask for help. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was just thinking about when you talked about the cheese sandwiches and P- PBJs, <laughs> right? Um, so I grew up a little bit differently. Not much, though. I mean, it, it, it's just a different time than it is today where everything is about instant gratification and kids can have, you know, like whatever they want. <laughs> There's a Starbucks on every corner and they go in and get those pink drinks, right? Um, but we grew up mm-hmm. on a budget And I knew, uh, you know, Christmas was always abundant. We had the Sears catalog. I would bend back the pages and then Santa would bring me, you know, almost everything that I wanted. Uh, We lived, uh, you know, I learned my dad was in contracting and development and business, you know, housing. And so I kind of learned about feast or famine And like, we would have a lot of money or we would have none. And we lived in like a trailer at one point when we were building a house and I had to kind of understand how that was and how we had to live on a budget. But then when we moved into this house, which was a three-story house, it was huge. Money was free flowing, completely different experience. And from then, I also learned that I had to hustle because I saw my dad hustling all mm-hmm. the time. Like he always had, he had his company, but then he was always doing things on the weekend, side jobs, hustles, hustle, hustle. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, I started working when I was 14 and I hustled. I was like, I'm not coming home. I'm not doing homework. I'm hustling. I'm making my money. Mm-hmm. And thank God. I mean, this is where like, thank God for modeling came into play because it allowed me to earn and get comfortable and just, that's not the right, how I want to say it, but it allowed me to live this kind of extravagant life where I wasn't so restricted. 
Because when I was growing mm-hmm. up, it, it always seemed like I was restricting. Uh, yeah. um, so I kind of had that experience of like having this windfall of money and then not paying taxes. So I, so I had to understand like, oh my God, I'm earning money and I'm supposed to be paying taxes. And I, this was, this went on for years, like Tamar years into like beyond sobriety. Right. Cause I modeled until I was 40 something. So mm-hmm. just understanding like, oh, I make, I earn money and then I have to pay taxes and I've done different things. I've had different companies. Um, I've earned, you know, high six figures. I, and then I've, you know, worked at a diner in sobriety and mm-hmm. making a hundred dollars a shift. <laughs> yep. But the value, I guess I started to understand maybe when I um, started traveling, like the value of money and how uh, people see it and respect perhaps there's like a respect that I have for it. And if I'm not uh, doing something of service, then the money's not flowing. Mm -hmm. I see that pretty clearly now. I didn't see that before. I, I agree because I think, you know, money doesn't bring happiness. Mm-mm. It definitely make, it can make things easier, especially mm-hmm. if you've come from a very restricted mm-hmm. background. You know, I too watched my dad hustle, but I also watched my dad hustle and he would struggle in doing the things he loved Mm. But he kept doing it because he knew that it would be worth it one day and it would pay off. And he never mm. focused on the money. Like, of course, he had to, he supported his family, but it was always focused on what he loved to do and why he loved to do it. You know, he mm. loved to share people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I feel like I'm, I'm so grateful that he modeled that life for me because mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, what are you providing of value and how are you looking at the money that you earn? You know, are you blowing it? Because mm-hmm. then you can get yourself in even worse trouble. So I think that finances is definitely something that has to be talked about more. Yeah, I was I was just reflecting on, I had a lingerie company. I think I was uh, 12, 15 years sober in that time period of my sobriety. And Adrian was maybe two, 18 months. Right. And I remember thinking, this is not worth it. (laughs) This is because I was working so much and I was missing out on his development. And thank God I was able to take an exit and move on, but it didn't bring me happiness. So I was just thinking about happiness and how we think something, you know, money or this job is going to create this happiness, but God, that was a stressful time. Just so stressful. And it, it, Mm -hmm. and I thought because it was in the fashion industry, fashion world, lingerie, that it was going to bring me joy. It just stressed me out. (laughs) Just stressed me out. Um, that was this kind of aha moment of like, I need to reevaluate my relationship with money. And Mm -hmm. I had to like, what's important here? What, what's, what's important. Yeah. And I think here's where your values come in, right? Is it, what do you value? Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, if you're listening, you're like, oh, money is no problem for me or money is like a challenge. Uh, we have a pretty thorough little guide that can help you out. You can grab that over on the website and download it and kind of go through it. But I thought it would be really great tomorrow if we shared some of these things today. What do you think? I totally agree with you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Let's get started. Uh, let's get started. So I think the first thing, we just need to recognize the impact of A, your recovery. Like, okay, I'm now five years sober and where are you financially? Or you're 10 years sober. Where, Like understanding and recognizing where you're at with your finances, mm-hmm. right? Because there's the emotional, the physical, like maybe like this is, again, maybe you're, you know, 15 years sober and you're eating out every night. You're not feeling great. And, uh, you, you know, you have a big bank account, but your health is diminishing, right? Or you're spiritually bankrupt, but your finances mm-hmm. are through the roof, right? You're like, you're swimming in gold. So I think that's something to just kind of evaluate, like, where are you right now mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when you look at your financial picture and you don't know where to start, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I first got sober being in that amount of debt, I mean, it was incredibly humbling for me because I came home one day from work and my car was taken out of my driveway because I couldn't afford to pay for it anymore. And at that point I kind of, you know, up until then, and I was very functioning as an alcoholic towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um, My life was a complete disaster, but I, I, on the outside, I portrayed this person who had the home, Mm -hmm. the nice car, the corporate job. And so if you didn't know me, you would think, wow, she's really got it together. She's doing well financially. And it it's it's funny. I think now I just remembered when, you know, when I got into recovery and I had met a whole bunch of people and I lost my vehicle that I was driving. Um, I showed up at, you know, one of my meetings and one of the women was like, you know, where's your car? And I said, oh, I, I, I don't have it right now. I'm you know, kind of renting this little beater from a, a friend of mine for three months. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, I lost my car. Like it got repossessed. And she goes, I thought you were really well off. I thought you were so financially stable. I'm like, no, I am the complete opposite of that. And I realized I had to ask for help. Like I didn't know how to manage my money because I grew up very restricted like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and there was mm-hmm. the abundance in certain ways, but then I overspent. I was like, I'm going to make up for this. I'm going to give myself everything that I deserve. Very self-centered. So I had to hire a financial advisor and I had to start all over. And it was actually a very rewarding feeling. So if you're in that position right now where you're like, I don't know what to start, go talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Go talk to somebody. Amen. Uh, Mm -hmm. But before you talk to somebody, you might have to just sit down with pen and paper. Like I'm old school, get your bank accounts out, get your copy of your credit report. Let's go back to just starting with your credit report. You can get it. It's for free. 
right? You can, you can just say, Hey, I want a copy of it just to understand where you're at. Uh, and I think you can, there's like three different companies. Is it like that up in Canada too? Yeah, we have a couple different. And, and if it's not free, it's like twenty twenty dollars It's, it's very reasonable. Which is, which is totally worth getting. Yeah. <laughs> just to understand, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So on our checklist that you're going to go and grab, um, we kind of walk you through this process so you can follow along with that. Uh, I just had a, a fellow reach out to me and they had uh, sold a house and they had a lot of money. And I, you know, this was a few months back and they closed on the house and I said, okay, you're going to, you're going to take that money now and you're going to pay off your house. Right. And they said, oh yeah, I got it. No problem. Well, I got the phone call yesterday that they didn't pay it off. And now the bank is going to close on their house. And they said to me, I can't handle money. Right. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I said, I hear you. And the important steps to take now are getting, is finding a financial, you know, an accountant, somebody who can really help you sort this mess out. So I just want to plug what Tamar was just saying is asking for help in whatever situation that you're in. hundred percent. Um, and I'm really like sad for my friend. But on the other side of that, I'm like, well, did you have a budget? No. <laughs> did you know your expenses? No. Like, okay. So understanding, I think your budget and planning is really important in recovery. Yes. Like we don't know what's going to happen. No. Nobody saw the pandemic coming. <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> you know, it's like we're supposed to have the um was it three to six months you know of your rent uh medical ready to go just in case of an emergency. And mm-hmm. you know, we all just went through more than that. That was crazy. Absolutely. It is crazy. That was that was crazy. And I, I think another thing is if you're in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Getting making sure you and your partner are on the same page because mm-hmm. chances are you probably have two very different ways that you handle money. And, you know, I'll get, for me, for example, I, because I've gone through bankruptcy, right. And, and credit troubles when I was younger, I want to make sure I put money aside. I want to make sure I don't live paycheck to paycheck kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. and that there's always that buffer so yeah. I feel financially secure and should anything come up, I know my family is. Um, so making sure you have a conversation with your partner, like, you know, this kind of stuff matters to me. How do you feel about it? Where can we come together? Right. Right. Cause that stops resentments. Right. And making sure that you're both on the same page about the mm-hmm. emergency preparedness plan. <laughs> yes. Right. right? Like, um, are you both contributing equally or are, you know, are you contributing less or you know, when it just comes to that, like, you're probably not going to be on the same page, but just having right. an understanding of like, this is an emergency fund. This is the way that I like to spend money. This is the way that I like to save money. 
have an open conversation with them. Yeah, because they say finances is one of the biggest reasons Mm -hmm. people get divorced, right? And I can Mm -hmm. see why, Mm because you have to, you know, you may have different styles, but at least make sure you're on the same page and at least make sure you're compromising with each other Mm -hmm. on your style of saving or spending uh, so that those resentments don't happen. That's why we got to talk about it again. I get back to like open conversations about finances. It's so hard. It can yeah. be so easy though. Uh, when you're thinking about money and your budget and your planning and the holidays that you want to take, uh, you want to also make sure that you're looking at your expenses in a reasonable manner. So do you need all your subscriptions? <laughs> Can you find a better phone plan? Um, Do you need to go on three vacations a year? My son today said, "Um, how come the housekeeper's not here anymore? I said, well, (laughs) because we're going to save some money. That means we're all going to start chipping in more. And he was like, "But but why? And I said, because do you know how much, do you know how much that is? And we started, he started doing the math. I said, do you know how much money I make? Do you know how much money your dad makes? Do you know how, much, how much is rent here in San Francisco? And he's like, yeah. but then we're in the red every month. And I said, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So understanding your expenses um, and, and ways that you can eliminate or, you know, reduce. So we are reducing our housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And we have a big house tomorrow. I don't know. I'm not happy about this one. Yeah, you do have a big house. But I think that, you know, you having the conversation, right, with your son, mm-hmm. I mean, that is so valuable because I don't, I feel like it's not, you know, living with te- two teenagers, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not talked about enough. And then we grow up and we have all these problems where if we start talking to our kids younger about mm-hmm. it and you know, we have a whiteboard that we took, you know, the teenager and we said, here's how much everything costs. And Mm. her eyes like just about bugged out of her head because she's like, what? Yeah, It's like, yes, this is how much you cost to live with us. And she was shocked because it's so Mm -hmm. like, well, why can't we just order pizza tonight? How come we can't all go for dinner with the family again? Right. So awesome. I, um, my husband said, you know, our electricity bill is 40% higher. And I said, what? That's a lot of money, you know? And I said, well, did you check everything? Did, did you make some calls? Did, what, like what's going on? So if something on your bill, like, right, a lot of times I think we just pay things. We just pay. Yes. And I think that's an opportunity to investigate, to inquire, to ask questions. I know it takes time. But as a result of that, you know, perhaps we're going to not have a 40% increase in our bill. He went up on the roof and was like, oh, wait a minute. There's something wrong with our solar panels. I'm like, hello. <laughs> right. So again, just pausing, taking a moment, investigating. I think something, you know, is something, a tool that you can do as you're going through this expense evaluation. And I love that example because other examples could be your phone. 
mm-hmm. could be any anything, any service you use, mm-hmm. they can usually negotiate plans. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever called to cancel your cell phone plan, but the first thing they usually do yeah. is, would you stay if we yeah. gave you a lower rate? And if you're yeah. a long-term customer of any of these plans, call them and yeah. say, hey, I'm paying too much right now. I'm thinking of transferring to this person. Chances are they're going to say, you know what? Let's let's talk. And 100%. if you save 20 bucks a month, that's a start, right? 100%. I'll even share one more that I did recently was with my website hosting. Mm. It was time to renew it. They were going to charge me $350. And I said, no. And as soon as I said, no, they're like, oh, wait, we'll give you 20% discount. And I said, no, I changed my hosting to a new provider that even over the next three years is not as much as that they were going to charge me for the year. Was it a mm. hassle? A hundred percent. It was a hassle, but long-term I'm saving hundreds of dollars. So it's, again, it's like being mindful and taking time to investigate, mm-hmm. investigate my friend. Absolutely. Uh, do we want to talk about uh, financial literacy, financial education? Yeah, let's go no- for it. Knowledge is power, my friend. So I find now it's, I don't know. I've gotten really into this financial stuff. There are a ton of podcasts. Maybe that's something to add on to the, um, I will add that into the newsletter um, that I just find really fascinating and easy to, easy to use, easy to hear, um, really great ideas around investing I'm all about the investing, you know, do you want to get into crypto? What is that going to look like? There's all kinds of different coins out there. Is that uh, something that you think might benefit your family long-term investing? Uh, Is it a bear market? Like all of this kind of language is good to know about, Mm -hmm. right? So you can find a podcast. There's plenty of books. There's um, these financial, I'm air quoting now, gurus, Uh, that you can find and see if any of them work. And again, on the uh, checklist, little guide that I made up for you, you can find out the information and in the newsletter. Yeah. Life jacket. Sign up for the life jacket. Uh, You have a financial advisor. I think you've talked about that. Yeah. I do. And actually, you know, he, I've known him since I was eight years old, which is kind of funny. You know, we grew up as childhood friends, but you know, he helped me look at my money a different way. And Mm -hmm. as a result of that, you know, I don't, I still have my financial insecurities and I have to work on my mindset around that sometimes. And I think that's more being in a partnership now with children. Mm -hmm. Um, But he can help me adjust, you know, and I can give him a call and, you know, he looks after my investments. I don't have to worry about them. And that's another thing is I think a lot of people try to do all this stuff alone. They get into stocks when they have no idea what they're doing because their friends like, Hey, buy stocks. And you know, if you, I I, believe it or not, once upon a time, I was a financial advisor and you know, I learned a few things, but one of Mm -hmm. the biggest things I learned was work with someone who knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. just because your friend can manage the stocks does not mean you can. And trust me, you can lose a lot of money. So it, you know, having someone there to guide me, I don't have to worry about it. I just give them money every month and they work their magic. And as a result, I have more savings and I feel more financially secure. Right. It's like going to the dentist 
you're not going to the podiatrist for your teeth, right? You're going to the dentist for your teeth. Mm-hmm. So you have your money and you work with a financial advisor. You don't go to the plumber. You don't let your friends to talk to you about it. You go to a financial advisor. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, go I, to someone you trust. Yeah. Yeah. Shop around. I, I was just going to say, I don't think I'm, I'm looking at Yelp reviews for that. I think I'm talking to <laughs> my, my friends and family yeah. if they have yeah. a financial advisor, especially colleagues Absolutely. at work. That would be a good resource. Mm-hmm. Asking for help. There it is again. There it is again. Whoop. There it is. Whoop. Okay. Should we talk about legacy preparation? My favorite. That is an important one. Yeah. I know. I see. I think this is something that people don't talk about. Maybe they're afraid to talk about it. Death, right? People are like, wait, I don't want to, I'm not dead yet. Don't talk to me about that. But I think this is an under, uh, I don't know, overlooked, under-evaluated, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. really important document to get your financials ready in case, God forbid, something happened. I mean, you don't want your stuff locked up and then your kids or your partner can't get to it for 18 months because Mm -hmm. you didn't take the time to put together, you know, you weren't prepared with some kind of will or trust. Totally. And even, you know, I learned early on that life insurance was important because especially if you own assets, Mm -hmm. right, if you have a home Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you pass away, if your there's taxes there's mm-hmm. stuff you have to do before the before your kids will actually have access to that home to mm-hmm. be able to sell it mm-hmm. and i i had no idea i just thought okay somebody passes away the kids get the home easy peasy mm-hmm. but it's not that easy and yeah. so talking to an advisor talking to an insurance agent and having that kind of stuff in place so if something happens that money that, you know, your children would get right from that insurance policy that could free up the probate taxes or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like those are things we just don't think about. And so we have to be prepared for that so that we don't pass on that burden. And there's a really great uh, book. It's like a, it's like a workbook. It called, it's called I'm dead. Now what? Um, Again, will be in the handy checklist all the information, but that will make it really, really easy for you. I worked through it and it was a, a quite a nice gift that I got from a friend of mine. Uh, anything else we want to bring up? That's a lot. It's a, this is a lot of information. I, I think we've covered it. I mean, we've talked about the things that I think people need yeah. to start thinking about a little bit more. 100%. And then, like we said, you know, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you'll get a copy of that with the checklist and you can ask for help. Uh, and start going through it and just start tackling one thing at a time. Keep it simple. So make sure that you are signed up for the life jacket. This is going out on Tuesday. You're going to listen to this on Monday or at sometime in the future. Uh, so glad that you're here with us tomorrow. Thanks so much for hanging out and sharing money. It's been a deep, heavy conversation, but well worth it. Thanks, Lane. We'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. 
Until then, take care.